but there's a part of me that's insecure and feels like she constantly has to prove herself. So I feel like I just overcompensate by doing too much and then I just burn myself out. Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of (laughs) It's late in the afternoon, forgive me. Welcome back to another episode of Frequencies. Thank you so much for being here and for your support always. Today I want to tackle another can of worms, another topic that is probably going to be a little bit of a... (laughs) black hole because there's so much to say about it there's really no right or wrong but um, as always I will give you I guess my perspective on suggestions and recommendations on what I think could help Um, and hopefully if anything that the episode just provides you with a little bit of company and a little bit of inspiration to you know pick yourself up put your shoes on tie your shoelaces and get on out there and do whatever it is that you need to do no matter how small or how big so today's topic is about why you have no motivation to do anything and how we can change that and i feel like the word fix is probably the better clickbaity title how to fix your motivation (laughs) but i don't like you know the premise around having to fix something with ourselves like I think we all go through negative experiences or feelings about our lives and bodies but there's nothing inherently wrong with those things we don't need fixing we are human you know Uh, so anyway that was I did not really need to address that but I felt like I needed to I think that we've all at some point in our lives been through periods of time where we felt extremely unmotivated possibly very low energy very lethargic and found it really difficult to do simple things like get up in the morning or take a shower or eat and I think that these very basic human needs become neglected due to the lack of motivation and it can feel really crippling sometimes there's not really one simple answer as to why we're feeling that way so it's very possible to just think that something's wrong with you or that you know i'm just not meant to feel good or I'm just, i just don't deserve to feel anything other than how i'm currently feeling and just wallow in that and i think it really just amplifies that when you accept that this is reality And whilst it's okay to acknowledge that this is like, you know, your current reality, I don't think it is good for us to wallow in it and be complacent with it. Because what happens is when you start feeling it and you start noticing, okay, I'm really not motivated to do anything at all. I don't really want to see anyone. I feel really numb to situations like things don't make me happy anymore, like I don't find joy in things that used to bring me happiness. When you start noticing these things and you don't do anything about it, I think that's kind of where it becomes and manifests into something that's, you know, in the long term, very unhealthy for our physical and mental health. I feel like I have talked about this in a previous episode before, but I don't really remember if I went into detail about it, but 
As you know, <laughs> I live in Melbourne and so far as of today, I am recording this on the 1st of July, not too sure when these episodes will be released, but sometime in July, I believe. Um, as of today, 1st of July, Melbourne has been through four lockdowns in the last year since um, the global pandemic. And I know I kind of like, I keep tying it back to the pandemic because genuinely I feel like because of this impact, it has really challenged me to look inward and change a lot of things with my behavior, my mindset, my perspective on life. And so, yeah, that's why I keep, you know, tying it back to the pandemic. And you probably hear this consistent story amongst other people who went through the very long lockdown because we first went into lockdown in March. And then I believe it was until June that we, uh, the restrictions were eased a little bit, but then one week later we went back into a lockdown and then not until I think November we were released again. And then February we went into another lockdown. And then after that we were released. And then just in, I think May, we went into another lockdown for a month. I don't know. It's just been crazy. Who's keeping count, huh? (laughs) But But basically, I hear the common theme amongst these stories of when we first went into lockdown, how, yes, it was very anxiety and stress inducing. And yes, some people lost their jobs or businesses and it's impacting them financially. But at the other end of the tunnel, it brought new opportunities, new experiences, or gave them the courage to leave their job or pursue something that they wouldn't otherwise have before. And it's actually turned their lives around. And this is not to, you know, exclude those who genuinely were impacted in a negative way and are struggling. I'm definitely not trying to exclude or ignore that there was a percentage and a population in the world that has been affected by the pandemic in that way. Um, But I am equally hearing lots of stories of people who were thriving and flourishing and really taking this opportunity to make the most of what they could and control what they could. And I definitely felt like that was the case with me. I was in a job. I just started this job, actually. So I was a little bit worried that I would be let go. Um, Being in a sort of lower position would mean that if anyone was to be let go in the company, I would probably be the first. So I was a little bit nervous about that. But at the same time, I was also running my own health coaching business. And I just thought, you know, I'll take this opportunity and really, really take take it forward, like run with it, like really go head, head deep, dive deep. <laughs> and I really did achieve some really great milestones in my business. By then, I'd just I'd been running the business for just over a year, and that month, that first month that we were locked down for, I think I had my best month income-wise. And you know, at the time, I believed that success was measured on those metrics. Um, so to me, like when I think back now in hindsight, I don't really feel like it was successful because on the outside, it was like, wow, you're hitting all these numbers. You're doing really well in your business. But on the inside, I don't think I was doing very well mentally, but because of like 
you know, I was in a group coaching program as well. And, you know, everyone's like supportive and, and everyone's encouraging. And I guess the stories that we share with each other about these metrics, about these wins, it's like, of course, it kind of like convinced me that what I was doing was good. But I don't think I realized I was genuinely not happy. And I don't mean to sound ungrateful at all. Super grateful. As you can see, a lot of a lot of deep work has happened over this process. But very quickly, this feeling of success, because it wasn't, you know, I genuinely inside did not feel like these numbers were representative of my happiness and success, that I slowly disintegrated mentally. And I slowly and very gradually but very deeply started associating all of these numbers with my validation as a person. And so if for those of you who have been following me on Instagram will know that I have been majorly burnt out and I am a chronic burnout queen. I just do too much. I overdo it because I feel like that's compensating. I, look, that's another can of worms. I'm clearly insecure about something. I don't know what yet, but there's a part of me that's insecure and feels like she constantly has to prove herself. So I feel like I just overcompensate by doing too much and then I just burn myself out. And so it got to that point at that time, I think about like April, May last year, where I really realized that something had to change, um, but I just didn't know what to do. And I took a major, major step back from Instagram. I think I stopped posting completely like I got off I, I tried to post on my stories but like my presence on social media was very gradually and slowly dwindling away because I really needed to take that step back I needed to unplug and disconnect from everything because seeing everyone else doing so well in their businesses and like signing their clients and all of these things it was making me feel like I wasn't good enough that I like what are you doing with this business if you're not signing new clients or not meeting these numbers you know and I was really judging myself based on all of the people that I was seeing I felt like I couldn't escape it and so that began the big process of me working on myself and trying to heal myself. And at this point, I haven't really made much progress yet because I'm just experiencing the burnout, feeling paralyzed and not really sure what to do about it because I felt like I was doing everything right. Quotation marks like bunny ears, doing everything by the book right in my business and I wasn't feeling fulfilled and my life I was like stressed. I felt a lot of pressure. I had no motivation. I didn't find joy in working out as well. This was a major thing, especially because gyms were closed at this point and we were all working out at home. I was realizing that, wow, I used to love exercise. I used to get such a thrill out of working out, but what the hell? I hate it. I hate it. Never thought I would ever find myself saying that because I, I loved working out. It was my therapy. I was proud about going to the gym. I was proud to be able to strengthen my body and, and use it to its fullest potential. But here I am, middle of lockdown, can't even do a workout because I just hate it. I hated it. And I was so confused. Nothing made me happy anymore. And waking up, like literally I observed myself Month after month, I was waking up later and later and later. I was literally sleeping for like 
more than eight, like 10 hours a day and still feeling fucking tired and lethargic. And, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, I haven't spoken about this at all publicly, but when I was younger in my teenage years, I did go through a season of wanting to end my own life. I'm not sure how much of these details I want to divulge just yet, um, because that is another another story of its own. Um, and I think I'm still healing, but um, it, I recovered from that and had a really good support system. Um, but those feelings came back during this time because ultimately nothing that I was enjoying before was making me feel good anymore and I didn't know what felt good and I just felt so numb and these feelings just kind of came back because it was almost like a cry for like let me feel something anything even if it's horrible just let me feel it and I think maybe that's why they surfaced again I'm totally I'm so much better now just as a reassurance but I wanted to explain, I guess, just how low I was feeling at that point. And that paralyzing and crippling feeling of not being able to do anything and just feeling so unmotivated and just taking it day by day, just not knowing what's going to happen next and what to do. Anyway, so I had a little think about, for those of you who have experienced something similar, I had a little think about what could be potential reasons as to why you might not have motivation and pulling a little bit from my experiences as well. So the number one thing was you want to do too many things at once. So that was definitely me. Um, Think about your brain as if you are a browser. Let's just say Chrome, for example. Just think about how many windows you have open, how many tabs You've got your emails, you've got YouTube, you've got your calendar, you've got work, you've got WhatsApp, you've got spreadsheets, you've got shopping pages, you've got streams, you've got music. I don't know, there's probably more. But just think about how many freaking tabs you have open in your head. Things that you have to do, things that you're currently doing, things that you want to do. It can all feel very overwhelming. And in the context of a computer, every time you open up a new tab, it becomes more demanding on your system. There's only so many tabs you can open. Obviously, we're not all using toasters as computers. Obviously, computers can handle like 20 plus tabs. But I'm saying the more tabs you open, the more strenuous it becomes on your computer. And that's sort of similar with our minds. The more tabs we have open in our minds, the more things that we think we want to do, more things that we're trying to do the harder it gets to actually do them. We need to really simplify things for ourselves. And so we become distracted because there's just too many things going on, right? Like imagine having 20 plus tabs open in your browser. Where the fuck's the music coming from? (laughs) Or like you're in the middle of looking at your emails and suddenly you're doing something else because you looked at a newsletter and then you're like, oh, I need to like get some of this so I can top up on it. But wait, there's more. Oh, and then you end up adding things to your shopping cart and the next minute you've spent $200. (laughs) It's so easy to get distracted. And so you almost procrastinate as well because you're so deep into this one tab when you were meant to be doing something else. Am I making sense right now? (laughs) Or am I taking this analogy a little too far? But essentially, yeah, 
you want to do too many things at once and as a consequence you are paralyzed because you don't know where to begin or you can't focus and so you procrastinate and maybe you trying to do so many things at once is also an avoidance of uncomfortable feelings like there's one thing that you really have to do but because you're so uncomfortable with thinking about doing it or even doing it you're distracting yourself with other things and then you're distracting yourself from other other things you know it's like an endless cycle um, the second thing I or the second reason why you might not have any motivation is you have unrealistic expectations and standards of yourself it ties in with the previous point unrealistic expectations being you think you can do all of these things you want to do all of these things in an ideal world you would do all of these things but it's unrealistic to expect yourself to do that given the circumstances too like be realistic for of yourself for one second like if your friend or your family member came to you and said hi i'm thinking of doing this 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 and this 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 and this 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 and whilst i'm doing that i'm thinking of doing this what do you think what are you gonna say to them hello what makes you think you can do all of that shit? Just start with the first one. That's what you'd probably tell them. Or like break it into bite-sized pieces. What's most important to you right now? You know, prioritize. That's probably what you'd say. <laughs> Not, oh yeah, that sounds completely and entirely realistic. I, uh, I, I support you. <laughs> I'm sure you would support them regardless, but it's not realistic, let's be honest. So having these unrealistic expectations and standards of yourself creates that all or nothing approach. You develop this mindset that if I can't do all of these things, then I might as well not do anything at all. So motivation inevitably dwindles. And because you're not clear on what you have to do or what you truly desire, it creates a lack of commitment. So it's difficult for you to focus. It's difficult for you to commit to one thing because you're not clear on why you want it, or if it's genuinely something that you need to do right now. The third thing, a third reason could be that you have too much responsibility. There's such thing as decision fatigue. I find this is very common, especially amongst those in leadership positions or parents, those who have an incredible amount of responsibility on their shoulders. Things can't move forward without your input. That kind of responsibility on a day-to-day -day basis that is completely separate to your personal development, your own life, can be very fatiguing and is very difficult to separate because you carry that energy with you. It's very important for people in these positions to create work-life balance. And a lot of the time, they don't feel like they have time for that because they feel like they have so much responsibility and if they can't meet that, then what's like, how could they possibly be thinking of themselves in this time when there's so much responsibility riding on their shoulders? This project can't go ahead without their input. Like, of course, it's going to be difficult to prioritize their own needs over all of these other things. So too much responsibility, decision fatigue, not enough work-life balance. And on the contrary, the fourth reason why you might not have any motivation is that you don't have enough responsibility. Interesting, huh? This is interesting because you might feel like you're not needed, 
that you don't have drive, you don't have purpose, that you're just a cog in the wheel, that you're easily replaceable, that you're just another number, another statistic. There's no accountability or fulfillment in what you're doing. So on the other end of the spectrum, when you don't have any responsibility, you can also lack that motivation because you just don't feel like you're needed. And the fifth reason why you might not have any motivation, what I've written down is all encompassing. And that is just poor mental health. And I believe that this is something that is arising and talked about a lot more recently, uh, but definitely something that is understandable, common and human amongst us all, especially with what's going on in the world right now. Chronic lack of motivation and energy is a common symptom of depression and anxiety. I was reading up on this and I really wanted to quote something that I found on Better Health's website. It says that sometimes it's the mental illness itself that prevents you from staying motivated. Other times, the mental illness symptoms and their effects on you make it hard to stay motivated. And it might not even be depression or anxiety, it could be something else. But the all-encompassing thing is that our mental health definitely plays a really big role in whether we have motivation or not. And in this instance, if you really do feel like it's something that you're struggling with and have been dealing with for a long time, a prolonged period of time, it's definitely wise to reach out, whether that is to family, friends, or professional mental health support. During this time last year, when I was struggling a lot with my mental health, um, I found a place called Mindspot Clinic where I was able to get therapy online for free and they have a course that goes along with it as well. They have modules every week where you can learn about different strategies of managing anxiety and depression and you also have weekly check-ins with a certified therapist or psychologist and whilst admittedly I did not pick up all of those calls, it was really hard it was really, really hard for me to confront these feelings, like reflecting on it now. I did the best that I could, but I definitely, definitely was not easy. Um, but I'm proud of myself for taking that step, for acknowledging that I may have needed the input of someone else who was professional and may have a better opinion or idea of how I should handle what I was dealing with. But yeah, I would highly recommend you guys check them out if you are thinking of seeking further professional help. This is not sponsored, this is just my own personal perspective. I just really appreciated the fact that all of this was offered to me and to anyone for free, which is such a valuable resource and I think should be talked about a lot more. So other than this tip of reaching out, especially if you have been feeling this way for a prolonged period of time, other than that, I have three simple suggestions for any of you who would like to try and work on improving your motivation and feeling like you can start doing these simple things in your life again without so much struggle. So number one, start small even if it feels meaningless. Momentum needs action. Think about when you are pushing someone on a swing. If they simply sit on the swing and just sit there, there is no motion. 
you have to nudge it a little bit at least to get it to start moving. And that's the idea behind this tip. Start small, even if it is a tiny thing, even if it's just wash the cup in the sink, one cup, even if that means to take a shower, you know, it feels ridiculously difficult and it, it, it shouldn't be, but it feels that way and that's fine. But bring yourself to do it. Try and romanticize it. Light some candles, put some music on. Set yourself up for success. Make it as easy as you can for yourself. Don't think about like, I need to do this workout and I need to do this assignment or I need to do this project. Start small, literally. Drink water, eat your lunch, get your sleep. Wake up when you, when you need to wake up. Don't push past that alarm. Meditate. Start small. Because as soon as you're able to build a little bit of momentum, that swing is going to go further than you think or have even realized it could. So think about that analogy. Now, the second tip is actually a suggestion that my client found on Instagram that I found very, very cute and very helpful. I think that keeping a gratitude log is sometimes very triggering some, for some people, especially those who are just feeling very, very low and genuinely can't think of anything good in their lives. It's not that there's nothing good, but because they are just on a different, like they, they're so misaligned with what's going on in their life that they just cannot see what's good in it. And, and that's very normal and that's understandable. So the alternative to keeping a gratitude log is to note one good thing in every day, whether that is like your plant's new leaf, whether it was the temperature of the tea that you had this morning, whether it was the way that your socks felt when they came out of the wash fresh. I don't know. It could be very small, mediocre, but just something that maybe was nice, something that something good, anything. Think about that one thing every day. And the same analogy with the swing, this is kind of like this, the little things, just like being grateful and present for the little things in your life, which will gradually create momentum for you and make more difficult things a little bit easier. Now, my third tip is to close those browser tabs. I'm literally speaking in code this episode. I'm using so many analogies. Close those browser tabs, break down the tasks you have open in your head one by one. If it means like brain dumping everything, do it. It's very easy to just be up in our heads, but just put it down onto paper. Even if you don't want to write it down, I do highly recommend writing it. But if you don't want to do that, type it out, put it in Notion or something. And just write out everything that's going on in your head, whether that is like, whether that's like journaling, whether that is like unconscious writing or whether that is a list of things that you've been thinking about or things that you need to do and then break those down into different categories. I'm not sure if you've heard of the Eisenhower matrix, but that's something that could be very useful. It helps you to prioritize between things that are urgent and important and need your attention right away versus things that are important but are not as urgent and can wait. So if you're able to identify the difference between all of the things that are going on in your head, then you will be able to prioritize more effectively. Through this exercise, I truly do think that you begin to learn a little bit more about your learning style and what you're receptive to. And, you know, some people love to do lists 
the idea of a big long to-do list that they can get through and tick off and cross off is like very satisfying for some people. But for others, to-do lists can feel very daunting and very overwhelming. So find out what that is through this process. As you begin to prioritize your tasks, make it easy for yourself and only deal with the things that urgently need your attention and be realistic with yourself. And I know I said three tips, but I just thought of this fourth one that I hadn't written down, but I really should have. (laughs) So my fourth tip is to please just have compassion, self-compassion. Please forgive yourself when things don't go the way that you wanted them to. We're only human and we can't forecast the future. We can only control our initial and immediate response to the things that are happening and so don't give yourself too much pressure on what happens in the future don't dwell on the past and just focus on what's going on for you right now be present be grounded think of every new day as a new opportunity to try again if things don't work out try again if that doesn't work out try again there's there's a charm in being able to pick yourself up when things just feel a little bit hopeless and it's through that that we grow through struggle we find strength i'm here for you and i really feel for any of you who are feeling like you have no motivation and you just don't know what to do but i want you to know that you are not alone and little by little you'll be able to overcome this and show yourself some love and grace And by listening to the end of this episode, you're already doing yourself something really good. So give yourself a pat on the back. I hope that this episode helped give you a little bit of insight or ideas on how you might be able to change how you're feeling lately. And um, as always, thank you so much for being here and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.